Well, I haven't done this in a while, but um, yesterday I felt that the sermon I had wasn't the one I needed to preach, and I felt convicted to talk about something different, uh, really for my own sake, and so I came in this morning and rewrote a sermon, uh, and we're going to talk about next week about what it seems like when God doesn't answer your prayers. But this week we're going to do something a little different. Uh, this week uh, had some interesting events take place in the world, in our country. These events weren't unusual or crazy. It was really my reaction to them that bothered me. And, uh, you know, just ask, how many of you, hopefully I'm going to get a fair amount of you, how many of you have ever been wrong before? All right, yeah, I figured that was kind of the case, right? And it, it's not a great feeling at all. Like, we don't like this feeling of being wrong. It's such a blow to our egos that most of the time we'll do whatever we can to kind of wiggle out of the blame and to try to put it on somebody else, or it was the circumstances or somebody else. If you hadn't, I wouldn't, that kind of thing. We want to get out of the pain of it all. And it's such a blow to your ego that sometimes when you find out you're wrong, like, your body reacts to it. Like, you can't, that feeling on the inside hurts so much that your body starts to, like, well, now, it wasn't me, and it's almost like your body instinctively wants to wiggle out of the blame or something like that. Well, you know, it could be something simple as, you know, there's times when I'll be on my phone and I'll lose a game and I'll get mad and like, well, I wouldn't have lost if the kids weren't being so loud. It's distracting. It's all those kids' fault that I lost this very important iPhone game that I was playing Emoji Blitz. And um, it could be, other times it could be bigger things like convincing yourself the reason you're always angry is because of the people in your life making you angry and it's it is that if they wouldn't you wouldn't and the reason why you unleash your kind of unholy anger every day on your family it's their fault they deserve it rather than maybe the fact that you have an issue with anger and so we have a struggle sometimes with being wrong and accepting that we're wrong and um, I would bet money again that I'm not alone in this but if we let the truth sink in we don't try to pass the blame along to someone else, if we can accept it and let the pain do what that sort of pain should do, it can soften and transform our hearts for the better. And so that's what I've been trying to do the last few days. So let's talk about what inspired all of this. Okay, you ready for this? This is Kanye West. I am one of the many pastors who's never preached about Kanye who's going to talk about Kanye this morning, if you have any idea what's going on. I'm guessing some of you have heard his name. He's incredibly famous as a, as a rapper, a hip-hop artist, and, and everybody, a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people, including Kanye, find Kanye to be a creative genius. Um, about a year ago, though, Kanye started doing these random kind of pop-up concerts that he would call Sunday morning service. And I remember thinking, like, oh, great, another celebrity passing some pseudo-spirituality that's going to be a big old mess and, and either lead people astray or really put people off of Christianity and bad name Jesus again. Oh, man. And then I learned that uh, not very long ago that he was going to come out with a, a worship album. And that came out two days ago called Jesus is King by Kanye West. And anybody who fancies themselves a prophet or a fortune teller would have lost a bet on this one. Nobody saw this coming because a lot of people and singers, you know, they get up to accept an award and I thank God, I thank Jesus or something like that, right? And so it, it, at first you think, oh, this is just some like veiled reference. This is just a title of an album. And so it comes out and I start listening to it 
And the entirety of this album is pointing to Jesus. Every word, every lyric, there's not one cuss word, there's not one sexual reference, there's not anything bad-mouthing anybody. It is entirely a service, or a, a, an album pointing to Jesus. And so, uh, as I'm listening to it, um, I was shocked, and I, I was really surprised um, by this, because as far as it seems, as Kanye's been doing a lot of interviews and stuff, it seems that Kanye is now a Christian, and this has been a little spiritual journey going on for him that started with those Sunday services, or at least that was the first manifestation of them. But now he's, he, he is proclaiming himself to be full-on, all the way in, 100% serving, giving his life to Christ. And, and because he's now a Christian, his life seems to have been changed. And again, this album caught, dropped two days ago. It's caused quite a stir. And like I said, the, the, the music is unashamedly Christian in nature without question. The message is nothing short of honoring and glorifying Jesus for his sacrifice on the cross for us. I mean, it is every ounce of the gospel is in the lyrics on this album, whether you like the, the style of music or not. And... To have somebody this famous release an album that is, if every, all the measurements are correct, will without contest be a number one selling album on the charts in no time, that is extremely unusual. You just don't find that kind of thing. Somebody coming out of mainstream media and, and being this huge celebrity that's pointing their name to Jesus. And, and I, I follow a lot of pastors online, not surprisingly, and the reactions have been great. There have been a lot of really, really hilarious things being put online in the last couple days. Um, memes talking about uh, making fun of, you know, pastors reacting to Kanye, what Christians and hip-hop artists are going to do now that they have something in common, all this stuff. So here's the first one. This one is a meme about if Christians, uh, this is Christians and hip-hop artists reacting to the fact that they do, in fact, have something in common. Who'd have thought? Yeah, we got something in common, you know? Because I'll be honest, most mainstream music that is a, a little bit of a more strong hip-hop vibe tends to be pretty disgusting, honestly. Um, I don't understand how we can live in a culture that has such a strong push towards uh, uh, feminism and the Me Too movement, yet still allows most of what is considered hip-hop lyrics to stand. I don't get how those two go together. That's just me. But there's another one. Uh, this one is about Christian radio stations trying to decide if they can play Kanye now or not. going back. You ever seen come? That's come. She's trying kombucha for the first time. Is what's happening there. Um, but yeah, that's the, that idea. And then this is my favorite. This one was just posted. This little video was just posted. Like these are all the white pastors pretending they're into Kanye now. Like, what a dorkier group, you know? Can you have? But there's Bill Gates, you know, and they're just he's dancing it up, you know. Like that's just the worst, okay? And so, but every one of those, I've been laughing at the reactions to. Kanye's, you know, worship album that comes out. And, and let me just start by what seems to be the basic truth. I'm not going to judge what Kanye's going through or anything like that. People have been saying, oh, it's not going to last. It's just fake. It's just another phase or whatever it is. Okay, I'm not here to say that. From, that. from just looking at it and what he's been saying, it appears to be that Kanye is a Christian. Okay? And which means, you know, it's not shocking, right? Jesus saves people all the time. All right? He saves people who are incredibly lost, people who have grown up in church, 
who've, been, who've missed out on Jesus because they've been overwhelmed with religious rules. He can save them out of that stuff. Jesus can just save people. So the fact that Kanye is a Christian isn't really all that um, unusual. Uh, he's just an incredibly high-profile one. But what, ha- again, spawned all this was not what's happening to Kanye. It was more my reaction about what's happening to Kanye because for a long time, and my wife can attest to this, for a long time I have felt just an irrational hatred toward Kanye West. And it's no secret that before all this transpired, few people loved Kanye West as much as Kanye West. And that just drove me bonkers, okay? He would openly speak about how he was just the greatest musical artist of all time. He would go on uh, talk shows. I saw him on a talk show talking about how his name deserved to be uttered in the same sentence as Picasso and Walt Disney and Steve Jobs and then Kanye West because he said there was nobody living today that deserved to be put in that list of names except for him. Um, He spoke openly. He said, I'm a creative genius. I know you're not supposed to say that, but I am, and it's true. And it's just like, okay. And it's just so bizarre to hear somebody who is just so unashamedly in love with themselves and, and, and patting themselves on the back. And it just drove me crazy. And it's also why you can find memes like this all over the internet. Like that, that was a Valentine's Day thing that was going around. That's been going around for a couple years. I love you as much as Kanye loves Kanye, which is a lot, is what it has seemed for the last little while, right? And so um, every time you saw Kanye on anything, all Kanye talked about was Kanye. And I just had this absolute anger and disdain for him. And every time I saw his name on something, saw his face on something, I was just like, um. Yeah, his pride just irritated me and frustrated me to an irrational level. Ne- again, never met the guy. Will never meet the guy, okay? And yet, I had such angry feelings toward him because the way he lived and the way he talked about himself just seemed like an affront to general decency. And as much as he thought of his own greatness, there are a ton of people who have never heard his music, Uh, A lot of people, yes, he's mainstream, yes, he's very famous, hip-hop culture. There's some people who are very super into it, but my guess is that a lot of you have never listened to his music, maybe heard his name, but you've never listened to his songs, couldn't name an album that he's put out outside of the one that I listed earlier. And so his pride, it just felt unfounded to me. And then you mix it with the fact that he joined his life to another one of my pet peeves. He married a Kardashian. And that, that reason that that's a pet peeve to me is because I, I, take a little, I take umbrage with people who are famous for no reason except that they're famous. It's like, what do, you, what do you do? I'm famous. Why? Because I'm famous. And then, like, they do things because of that, but, the, but it just drives me nuts, okay? And so it's like, oh, he married a Kardashian. That just steals the deal. Now I firmly hate Kanye West and will do so forever. And so he joined forces to these other famous people. And then he started making ugly shoes that everybody loved. And I didn't get it. And I'm old and I can get that right. And and they sold for so much money. And people loved them. And and it just drove me crazy. And it irritated me even more that there were people who loved Kanye West and thought he was the greatest and supported all the things that he said about himself. And then The album drops, Jesus is King. And yesterday I I listened to it a little bit. I listened to it a little on Friday, but I listened to the whole thing yesterday. And and also yesterday we've been doing these prayer guides, the text and the email ones. Yesterday's, does anybody remember what yesterday's was about? Praying for your enemies, right? And so I'm listening to this and I look at that prayer thing and I just started thinking about why would I hate this guy? 
Like, I'm just confronted, like, why? Why would I have, what, what logical sense does it make to waste brain and heart and emotional energy on somebody I've never met whose music I wasn't that into? Why would I waste my time being so angry to a person I had so little connection to? And, and as I'm reading what it said in this, e- in this text and email thing, that I, I get both, by the way, and it said this, pray for your enemies, pick a group, in our culture that you tend to feel animosity towards. Well, it's pretty clear that that was, Kanye was one of those people for me. And I started thinking, it's great that he became a Christian, but why should I only be on his side now that he's a Christian? Why should I only be for him now that he's more like me? Why should I only root for the direction of his life and his eternity now that he's a Christ follower? Why did I have... so little compassion for him before? Why did I care so little about his eternal soul last week as opposed to this week? Why would I even look at Kanye West as any sort of an enemy? It, none of it makes any sense. And Because I'll tell you, Kanye, before Jesus, all that stuff, you know, Kanye loves Kanye, that kind of stuff, all the things he's written and said about himself, that's pretty much what you would expect to find in somebody who doesn't know Jesus, who has the same level of talent and fame that someone like him does have. He shows all the signs of a person who was desperate to find meaning and purpose. He, he shows all the signs of, of, of somebody who just wants to find something in life that gives him value, internal value. And like the rest of us, or many of us, he just looked in the wrong place himself. But that's what our culture peddles. You do you. You're great. Everything you do is great. Believe hard enough and you'll achieve your dreams. You can do it. You're special. You're amazing. We just pour in, the, we elevate the greatness of self in our culture. So when somebody who actually had something to celebrate gets surrounded by people who love them for their influence and their money and says, you're great, you're great, you're great, what else is he going to believe about himself? I mean, if I had an army of people following me around every day telling me how great I was, I'd probably think I was pretty special too. And, and so the deep irony is that I looked at the, the pride in Kanye West and I was seething with my own sense of moral and spiritual superiority. My pride was offended by his pride. And like many Pharisees, I condemned the very sin that my own heart was thriving on. You see that over and over again in Scripture at the people that Jesus yelled at. The people that Jesus said, there's not a place for people like you in my kingdom. When you are letting sin thrive in your life and you're railing against people for the very sins that you're letting live inside your own heart. The, per, the, the verse from the prayer guide yesterday was Matthew 5.43. This is Jesus talking. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's normal. That's what was taught then. That's what we believe now. Even as Christians, it's more natural for us to hate our people that we consider our enemies, people that aren't like us. But I say to you, Jesus says, in my kingdom, in my order, it's got to be different. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, this is laughable because, again, Kanye West never persecuted me, right? Like, that, like why, is he, why do I think that way? Why do I get so angry, right? But love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may, may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you who love those who love you, what reward do you have? Meaning, 
It's easy to love people who are nice. It's easy to love people who are like you. It's easy to love people who are charismatic and, and just fun to be around. It's easy to love lovable people. He says, no reward in that for you. Don't even, do not even tax collectors do the same. Even bad people love the people that are lovable. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Again, Kanye West has never been my enemy, but I felt like he was. I don't know why. I really can't. I probably need to go to a counselor to get all that sorted out. I don't know why I felt that way. The the more I thought about it, the sillier and sillier it, it seemed. And I guess I just maybe saw myself as his enemy even though he'll never know that. But, but once, or never once, excuse me, never once did I ever, have I ever prayed for Kanye West? Never once have I ever thought about him going to heaven or to hell. I mean, I assumed he was going to hell because nobody can talk like that and be a good Christian, right? I assumed the worst. Never once did I think about his eternal soul, hoping that someone might show up and, and share with him the good news of Jesus so that he can find that value and contentment that he's just scrambling around his life trying to find. And the real problem, though, was not Kanye. The real problem was in my heart, and I, I felt compelled to talk about this today. And here's, here's where I was coming from. I felt anger at his lostness, not compassion toward his lostness. That's the opposite reaction that we're meant to have, and yet that's the common reaction, I think. We live in this world that everything is so divided and so hostile, and we look at people who aren't like us, people that we would consider having missed out, they're, 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 finding, they're searching for the things that all of us search for in life, but they're finding those things in other areas, not Christ, not God's hope for them and his plan for them and the contentment he has for them, right? And we look at those people who are different, who, are, who have missed the point from what we would say is the point of life, and we get mad that they've missed it. We get mad that they are lost, even though we once were lost. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I think we've sang that million times between us all, and yet I would look at Kanye and various other people, and instead of seeing a person wandering through life, grabbing at whatever they could to give them peace and meaning, I just saw a fool deserving of hell, and I had no desire to change my view or no desire to see that eternal direction change, and as a follower of Jesus, the God who died for the entire world, Kanye West included, how dare I act as if I deserved Jesus' salvation more than they did. How dare I be angry and prideful like that towards somebody who's lost? How dare I not feel compassion for somebody who's in the same position as I used to be? Because the only difference between me and somebody else that's not a Christian is that somebody took the time to tell me about Jesus. Actually, a lot of people took the time to tell me about Jesus. And at times to say, hey, Anthony, you're being a prideful idiot. That's not what God wants us to do. Hey, you're trying to be half with God and half out. How about that's not what God called us to do? Why don't you get on board? I had people come and call out my sin and point me in the right direction. That's the only difference between me and somebody who doesn't have Jesus. I'm still a mess. I I didn't clean myself up. I don't deserve to stand up and preach the gospel Sunday after Sunday. And so how dare I not feel compassion for somebody? who was like me. How dare I wish ill on somebody that Jesus died to save? And, and again, Kanye is not the only one, because I feel myself, this is kind of a, I feel like this is growing in my heart, this hostility. Um, I get more and more angry and less and less compassionate um, as I watch news, 
as I see uh, groups protest various things that I would probably be for, as I see courts rule in favor of things I don't agree with or directly against things that I believe. And that, that animosity that I have been feeling toward other people who, who are lost, I think that's wrong. I think I should not be angry at the people who are lost. I should have compassion because that's what Jesus came for. Who did he come for? Not the healthy, but the, yeah. He's a divine doctor who came out of love to help people who need help. And from our perspective, people who don't have Christ need to hear about the gospel so that they can find the salvation, the freedom from their sins that only comes in Jesus. They can find rest and contentment in that peace that they have value. Why? Because he decided they were worth creating. That we exist because he wanted us to exist. That solidifies our value. The fact that Jesus thought we were all so worth Worth it that he died on the cross for our sins. He gave up his life for you and for me and for everyone else in the world. So we have to ask ourselves, who are the people or the groups of people that we just feel that anger towards? When you turn on the news or you see that Facebook post that gets you riled up about the left or the right, when you see people of a certain sexual persuasion, do you just tend to get mad? This has become kind of a joke, but years ago, uh, I, there was a person in our church who just out of the blue said, I'm so sick of the gays. I was like, oh, okay, great. I, I understand. Okay, fantastic, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know what, there was no prompting of that, but I get that frustration of seeing a group push against, again, a lot of times what we believe as Christians and what has traditionally been taught in Christian theology, and to see that cultural clash happening and to feel like it's, it's a battle. We do, we feel like we're waging a cultural battle, all right? But the real battle is for souls. And to say that, uh, I'm sick of them, no, that's not the reaction we should have. That's anger, not compassion. We should feel compassion for people that we think are without Christ. So who is the, who are the people that, that you feel anger towards? I can think of a whole list of people that I don't like. And I need to repent of that and turn from that and pray for my heart with that. And, and I need to challenge myself and let the Holy Spirit challenge me. The pain of being wrong, that, that humiliation that I feel when I realize how, how off track I am. I need to let that pain soften and mold my heart so that God can speak to me and set me up to be more like Christ. And so you need to be honest with yourself. Who is it that you would say, I would consider them my enemy? I look that I'm on one team and they're on the other, and I hope that we win. And if you're a Christian, why would you spend your time hating people when Jesus calls us to pray for them? Pray that they might discover Jesus and, and what they've truly been searching for. And so that's why I wanted to talk about this today, is that we need to pray. That's what we're called to do. Not get angry, not shake our fists, not gripe, not feel like we're morally superior. We need to pray for people that we think are lost. We should have compassion for them. And we should also pray for our own hardened hearts that God might make us more like Jesus, that we would be less full of hate and more full of compassion. And as Kanye has been doing interviews, i got to say, the shame that I've been feeling the last 24 to 48 hours has been magnified as I've been looking at what he's saying about Jesus. Okay, because of, I've heard him talk a lot about himself, but to hear him talk about Jesus and to see what's probably been more than a year of, of discipleship going on in his life, to see the fruit of that start to come out, it 
it made me ashamed, and I'll tell you why after we, we watch this. There's three different kind of clips of, of Kanye. The first one is him, him on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, can we get, uh, oh, is there volume? Oh, man. Time out. Uh, uh. So he's saying his life 100% is devoted to Jesus now. He says, I'm not going to release any more music that's not Christian. He says he's not even ever going to play his old songs again in a concert. He says everything he's going to do is for Jesus now. And I, I don't know his full theology, and I'm sure people will want to rip on that. But from what he's saying right there, it sounds a whole lot like things I say on Sunday morning. And what made me ashamed as I watched this stuff is that my heart for the lost has apparently been absent. And when you put it next to that, Somebody who is a new believer, who truly understands the urgency and the weight of the calling of Christ. I look at that and I feel shame for myself, for churches of, of Christians who, you know, 2% of Christians will invite someone to church with them every year and tell people about Jesus. That's shameful. That's shameful. And you got somebody who realized, i got a platform, I'm going to use it, who just sent an album out that's going to be at the top of the charts that millions of people are going to hear about Jesus because of that. And we won't even invite a coworker to church or tell them about Jesus. And I see somebody like him pointing, soul, pointing to save souls. And I think, how did I ever get off track? How did I, how did I miss out on, on wanting people to come to Christ? I should never stop being excited for what Jesus can do for people. In the hearts of people, what he's done for me. People who aren't saved. Uh, let alone, you know, people who I consider my enemy. Jesus can save absolutely anybody, you know. We should never think, oh, that person's too far gone. I'm not going to waste my time with them. Yeah, that's what people, if you look at people in Scripture, you know, you know how many perfect people there are in the pages of the Bible? One, Jesus. Everybody else is a mess, an absolute mess. Most of those people have done things that you and I wouldn't even consider doing. And yet God has saved so many and redeemed so many. In fact, I think that's why the Bible is so full of imperfect people is so that you and I would go, oh, well, then we got a chance. Whew, I was feeling bad about me. Well, if he can save that guy, I'm, I'm not so far off maybe then. And, you know, the thing that makes me the most ashamed is that I should be excited about sharing the gospel as a Christian, but more so I'm a pastor and I feel like I've been missing out. And so... I'm going to rejoice at what Jesus has done in the life of Kanye West, regardless of how it turns out. Some people say, oh, it won't last or whatever. Oh, whatever about all that. I mean, regardless, there's going to be a lot of people hearing about Jesus and the straight-up gospel because of this. So I'm going to praise Jesus. Not Kanye. I'm not going to go from being, I hate that guy, to I love that guy. He's just a guy who got saved by Jesus, so it's still about Jesus. 
I'm going to rejoice that the aud- an audience of so many millions of people have heard about Christ, and I'm going to be praying for his spiritual walk with Christ, that the Holy Spirit would help him to be faithful and avoid falling back into the various temptations and the wrong roads that he's used, he used to walk. I love that he points out, I used to chase this, I used to chase this, I used to chase this, and it was all, it was all wrong, and now he feels like he's found the right thing, and I believe he has found the right thing. And so, no matter what, I'm going to pray, though, that Jesus is going to be glorified through it all. And I'm going to pray for myself, that my heart would soften, that Jesus would melt away my anger for those in our culture who are not like me, who are opposite of me, and sometimes are going to be working and spending their life's energy going against the very things that I believe. I'm going to pray for those people, that, and I'm going to pray that my heart of anger would be replaced with compassion and grace and a passion to share the gospel with other people. And I'm going to pray the same for you. Because, again, we've, I think, lost that desire, that belief that Jesus can save. You know, regardless of how you feel about your ability to share the gospel with people at work or at your house, do not ever stop doubting the power of the gospel to save people. This, the straight-up power, Jesus can save people far, and he can use your meager presentation to do it. And so, as I I'm going to try to go forward. I'm going to not scoff. I'm going to try to not rant. I'm going to try not to seethe or lament that our culture is going to hell. But I want to pray for those people. I want to be eager to tell them the gospel about the saving grace of Jesus. And, and for yourself, I want to pray that you would be, have a, a newfound desire to share Jesus with people. And invite people to church to hear the gospel. Maybe you say, I just, I'm not ready to textually explain it yet. That's fine. Invite someone to church. Even if you don't understand the fullness of the gospel and don't think you can explain it fully to someone, you can still invite somebody. We got some invite cards out there uh, under the TV, little square invite cards. Grab those. Just say, hey, I just want to invite you to church. I've been thinking about you, and I just think you'd enjoy it. Whatever you have to say, just hand them a card. It gives the times and stuff on there. It's got our website, got address, and all of that. It's an easy way to, to remind you then also that you've got a calling and a mission to share Jesus with people. And so I'm just going to pray. May the Holy Spirit fill our hearts with compassion instead of anger for the lost. And may the Holy Spirit fill us with a passion to point the way to Jesus. So let's pray that right now. Heavenly Father, would you change our hearts from one of anger towards what is happening in our culture. Yes, it's different. Yes, the landscape has changed. Yes, there, are, there is a, a very strong push away from, from Christ and, and traditional Christianity. And, and for a lot of us, that feels uneasy and it feels scary and we don't know what the world's going to come to. And, but despite all that, our mission does not change to share the gospel in a loving, gracious way with those who are lost. And I just pray that you would fill us with a compassion for those people, not an anger, not a hatred, not an unrealistic, unchristlike anger for people who are working against the gospel. I mean, how, how else are we supposed to expect non-Christians to behave? They're not going to follow Christ because they don't know him. And it's up to us to, to point the way to Christ, to show them the footsteps of Jesus and to show them his love for them and to, to show the beauty of his grace so that they might want to follow So help us be like road signs that that do nothing but point the way to Jesus. Let us have a passion like we just saw in the heart of Mr. West to spend every ounce of our energy showing people to Jesus. Let us consider it our life's mission, that nothing else is worth our few short years on this earth. And so let us 
be people who, are, who pray for our enemies rather than curse them, who pray for their eternal souls, that, that you might put somebody in their lives to save them, whether that's us or someone else. And let us no longer neglect our duty to share the gospel. The, have we lost our appreciation of, of what you've done for us, Father? Have we lost our appreciation for the fact that we were lost, broken sinners on the way to hell until someone shared Jesus with us and we found hope and grace in him? If, if we've lost the joy that we've been saved, refresh it in our hearts again so that we might see what you can do in the lives of anybody because we were broken, we were sinners, we were prideful, we were lost, and for many of us, you found us. And so I pray, Father, that, that we would not waste our foundness cursing the world outside, but rather embrace the mission of Jesus and take the gospel to them with compassion and love and grace, just as Jesus came into the world for all. May we live our lives for all. It's in Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen.